Welcome to Slew Law Summation, presenting brief looks at legal matters that matter to you by St. Louis University School of Law, located in the heart of downtown St. Louis. Every election, months before an official candidate is nominated, the names of potential vice presidents are floated around. For each presidential candidate, there are different factors to consider, and over the years, the role of the vice president seems to have changed. I'm Corey Dugas. Thanks for joining us. We have Professor Joel Goldstein, Vincent C. Emmel Professor of Law and highly respected scholar on the vice presidency. Today, we will explore what the future holds for the candidates and for the office itself. Welcome to the show, Joel. Hi, Corey. Well, to start things off, can you give listeners a refresher on the most important responsibilities of the vice president once elected? The Constitution gives the vice president two responsibilities. Um, He or she is the president of the Senate and is the first successor in case of a death, resignation, removal, or disability of the president. But in fact, that doesn't really describe very well what the modern vice president does. Um, The vice president rarely presides over the Senate. Instead, ever since Walter Mondale was vice president in 1977, the vice president's become a highly important, uh, engaged, involved member of the executive branch uh, who works closely with the president in the White House, uh, is a close presidential advisor, and takes on assignments from the president. Okay, so now that things have sort of changed um, since Mondale, what is what makes a good vice president? It's a difficult job because a vice president, to be successful, has to um, have a good relationship with the president, has to be able to add something substantive to the administration that it needs, whether it's uh, ability as a spokesperson or as a diplomat or congressional liaison. But really, a vice president has to be both a leader and a follower. A vice president has to be able to deal with world leaders and congressional leaders as an equal, but also has to be able to, uh, to, to operate in a situation where he or she isn't the, the decider, mm-hmm. rather they're, they're implementing what somebody else has decided. So we're really amping up into the election season. In general, what are the presidential candidates that we have out there looking for in a potential vice president? The basic things that a presidential candidate looks for in a vice president is somebody at the least who can um, or or who hopefully can help them uh, improve their chances of being elected, but who at least won't hurt them. Um, They don't want the vice president to become a major drag on their candidacy. Um, And so there's a a elaborate vetting process that takes place to see Uh, to examine the prospective vice presidential candidates in detail, find out really everything about their lives. Um, Joe Lieberman said it was like having a colonoscopy without an anesthesia. Yikes. Um, (laughs) And uh, so they they do this to try and and, and eliminate candidates who will have negative baggage that could hurt the ticket. But they're usually looking for somebody who can at least provide, or who can hopefully provide some boost um, sometimes it's a question of picking somebody who can help unify the party. Sometimes it's helping them with a demographic where they're weak or a part of the, uh, the party or a constituency where the presidential candidate is weak. Are there any particular personality characteristics that you think are important for a vice presidential candidate? Well, a vice presidential candidate, I, I think, needs to be presidential. Um, there'll be a debate of 
probably 90 minutes for the vice presidential candidates. And if you're a presidential candidate, you don't want to be sitting there watching that debate uh, as your campaign goes down the tubes because people see that you've put somebody potentially a heartbeat away from the presidency who doesn't belong there. Um, moreover, you want somebody who's presidential because who you choose as vice president is often the first sort of presidential decision mm -hmm. that a presidential candidate makes. So it's sometimes viewed as sort of a, um, a, 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 a test on how good of a decision maker somebody is. The other thing you need is a, in a vice presidential candidate is somebody who, um, who's a good follower, somebody who will recognize that to a great extent they're being given a, a plan, a script, and they need to follow it. They're not the uh, person who gets to dictate strategy. Mm -hmm. They help implement a strategy that others are, are set. So if the vice presidential candidates are followers, which it seems that that is really important and that makes perfect sense, can they really be influential in the policy that's presented in the campaign? Well, they can be um, in, in, in some respects. I mean, they can be influential with the presidential candidate uh, and his or her advisors to the extent that they're respected by the presidential candidate. I mean, for instance, when Michael Dukakis chose Lloyd Benson, um, he, Dukakis and, and, and Dukakis's top aides really grew to respect Benson a lot. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes um, Dukakis's aides would even go to Benson and ask Benson to say things to Dukakis as a way of persuading him. But they also can be uh, influential in the campaign um, to the extent that they're an effective uh, salesperson for the presidential candidate, to the extent that they're good at uh, articulating themes that the campaign wants to get across. Um, in 1960, when um, John Kennedy was running for president, he was being attacked uh, on the grounds that he was Catholic. Lyndon Johnson very effectively went through the South and would talk about um, uh, JFK's war record and the war record of Kennedy's older brother who was killed in World War II and would say that, you know, when, when those uh, young men went out to fight for their country, nobody asked what religion they were. Mm -hmm. And so a, a vice presidential candidate who's an effective uh, um, messenger and a, a, a effective articulator of the themes that the campaign wants to get across can also be influential in, in, in the campaign. So you've listed a number of characteristics and some given some great examples of excellent vice presidential candidates and what they've helped the presidential candidates with. What do you think are some of the names that we're going to be hearing on the Democratic ticket in the upcoming election? Well, it's always a bit unpredictable um, until you get closer, but I think some of the people that might be considered, um, um, especially if, if Secretary Cl Clinton is the nominee, would be, uh, I mean, some of the names are uh, Secretary uh, Castro, who's the uh, Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, and Secretary Perez, who is the Secretary of Labor, um, have both been uh, widely mentioned. Um, there are two candidates who are young, relatively new to the national scene, mm -hmm but are thought to be, um, would be helpful in terms of mobilizing support among, uh, in the Hispanic community. Um, Senator Cory Booker from New Jersey is sort of a up and coming um, um, new member of the Senate. 
Um, Senator Tim Kaine from Virginia uh, was one of the, the finalists that, uh, that then Senator Obama considered in 2008. He's uh, uh, an influential senator um, from a, a potential swing state. Um, senator Sherrod Brown from Ohio is another one who I think Secretary Clinton might consider. Again, um, somebody who uh, is well thought of by the sort of the more liberal wing of the Democratic mm -hmm. Party, um, also comes from Ohio. Um, um, so I think those would be among the people who might be um, considered on the Democratic side. Are there any names that come to mind if uh, Bernie Sanders moves forward as the nominee? Well, I think that um, if Senator Sanders was it was the nominee, I think some of the same names, he, he would, uh, um, you, you would expect that he would try and st strengthen himself in some areas where he's been weaker with, say, for instance, some of the um, traditional Democratic constituencies uh, African-Americans, Hispanics, mm -hmm. uh, where he hasn't run as well. Um, he also um, would be s somebody who, unlike Secretary Clinton, doesn't have uh, a perceived national security credential. So he might be looking for somebody who um, who would be stronger in that area. Um, you know, whereas in her case, she doesn't really need to cover that that flank. And that makes that. That makes a lot of sense. Is there anybody uh, that you, any names that you see popping up potentially on the Republican ticket? Well, the Republican ticket, you know, a lot depends on on who the nominee is. Um, but, you know, one person who's been mentioned widely and I think who would be considered um, on the Republican side would be um, Governor Nikki Haley of, um, of South Carolina. Um, she was the person chosen to um, to give the response to President Obama's State of the Union um, address in in, in January. Um, she's supported um, Senator Rubio, which would mean that um, if somebody other than Senator Rubio is the nominee, um, she would be perceived as sort of a bridge to that part of the party. Uh, also, is a, is a woman and uh, somebody who I think is perceived to have been an effective governor of South Carolina. She would be helpful um, uh, in a race against Secretary Clinton, mm -hmm. um, perhaps. Um, I think there could be some people from um, uh, uh, Donald Trump has said that he would take a political insider, um, so Governor Haley would fit that bill. Um, people like Senator uh, John Thune from South Dakota are um, Senator uh, John Corrin from Texas might be the sort of people who might be considered. Um, could be a, a, a long list, and at this point it's somewhat unpredictable to say. I think there could be some different dynamics that play out on the Republican Party than we've uh, encountered in recent times. How will the naming of a vice presidential candidate when we get there change how the campaigns look? Well, the, once you name one vice presidential candidate and then two vice presidential candidates, um, instead of the race becoming a competition between two people, it, it becomes a, a competition in a way between two couples. Mm -hmm. um, the, and particularly if either of the running mates is, is a new face, um, there's almost a feeding frenzy that takes place as America is introduced to somebody new. Paul Ryan in, in 2012, um, Governor Palin in 2008, uh, even somebody like 
Senator Biden, who had been, you know, in the Senate for 36 years, had chaired major committees, run for president, and so forth. The level of uh, of coverage that you receive as a vice presidential nominee is, you know, well beyond anything that you ever receive uh, in any other type of of um, uh, of political uh, life. So there'll be a focus on the new candidate, and then what that selection says about the person who selected him or her. Mm -hmm. I mean, ultimately, people, most people vote based upon their preferences between the presidential candidates. But how they perceive the vice presidential candidates, what messages it sends about the presidential candidate um, are things that people will take into account. And so um, I think those are ways in which the, the selection changes the dynamic of the campaign. Mm -hmm. It gives us something new, somebody new to talk about, media new, somebody new to write about. Um, and oftentimes, n new candidates, I mean, whereas the presidential candidates have been doing this for a long period of time. I mean, it's, it's as if they're in mid-season form. Um, the vice presidential candidate is somebody who is selected, and they haven't been doing this. And sometimes in the early stages, they commit gaffes, and then those create their own sort of patterns of, uh, of coverage and mm -hmm. problems for a ticket. And by the time we get to the naming of vice presidential candidates, we'll have been with months and months of hearing from the presidential candidates, so it might be fresh new voices in there as well. Um, in the recent elections, have you seen any examples of vice presidential candidates that have really stood out as good picks that have really helped elevate the presidential candidate? Well, I think there have been a few. I mean, I think that um, depending on how far back one goes, in 1976, I think that pretty clearly that Jimmy Carter would not have been elected had it not been for Mondale's role in the campaign and the vice presidential debate. Uh, Mondale helped Carter in a couple of, of decisive um, states. I think that um, in 1992, um, Al Gore really helped Bill Clinton reinforce the image of Clinton as a um, you know a, a young um, Southern uh, Democratic centrist. Um, Gore was the same thing, and so when you put the two together, the picture of the two of them and, and their spouses really presented an a image of change that was more powerful than just seeing um, mm -hmm. Governor Clinton. Um, I think that um, that uh, Dick Cheney in, in 2000 lent gravitas to Governor Bush's candidacy. I think it was reassuring um, that where you had a, a, a um, somebody who'd been governor but who had no national security um, experience to be bringing on to his ticket somebody who had had um, you know, the experience of leading the Defense Department during the Persian Gulf War. Uh, I think the choice of Governor Palin in 2008 um, initially really energized the Republican base, um, the conservative part of the Republican Party who had mm -hmm. never been enamored with Senator McCain, um, became enthusiastic about him for the first time. Ultimately, over the course of the campaign, I think um, is, Senator, is Governor Palin had some 
fairly disastrous interviews and um, and so forth, her numbers went down and, and she became um, something of an albatross for the campaign. But in the initial period of selection, she really provided some energy and, and, and um, a boost for his campaign. But one of the lessons, I think, is that sometimes presidential candidates choose somebody who will look good in July and August, and ultimately, and while that may be important, ultimately it's also important as to how they're going to be perceived in October and November. Professor Goldstein also has a new book on this topic, The White House Vice Presidency, The Path to Significance, Mondale to Biden. And this book is out now. So thank you so much for joining us today, Joel. I hope you all have a chance to read the book. This has been a very informative and interesting discussion. Thanks, Corey. It's been fun. Thank you for joining us for SLU Law Summations, produced by St. Louis University School of Law.